It's time for the Talent Talk Radio Show, brought to you by People G2, a nationwide leader in background checks and employment screening solutions. People G2 gives their clients access to the best human capital management and due diligence tools available. They are dedicated to helping their clients with all of their people-related decisions. To learn more, go to www.peopleg2.com. Talent Talk centers on the topics of talent recruitment and management, leadership development, company culture, and employee engagement. These are all timely topics for CEOs, entrepreneurs, HR professionals, and business leaders. We hope that as you tune in to listen each week, whether to the live broadcast or to the podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio, that you hear something you can take away that will help you grow and impact your career in a positive way. And now, here's the host of the Talent Talk Radio Show, the founder and CEO of People G2, Chris Dyer. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to Talent Talk. Excited to have uh, two great guests as always. Uh, we seem to always have two. They always tend to be pretty good. So today is no exception and we're going to get to them in just a moment. But, you know, if this happens to be the first time you're tuning into the show, welcome. If you're a regular, uh, thank you so much for being a part of the conversation and tuning in each week uh, to listen in to uh, what our guests have to say and really to focus in on talent and leadership and what talented people are doing. So, you know, uh, this sh- I've had the privilege of meeting so many great people through, you know, my own uh, speaking and consulting and work that I do um, that I just needed to put them on the radio. They needed to be out there and I want to make sure my audience can hear what they have to say, what that's important and what we should be thinking about and what we can learn from a lot of these uh, really spectacular people. So uh, there's been so many wonderful stories from you know, people with the heads of GM to the, you know, head of people at Southwest to, you know, our everyday entrepreneur trying to make it, right? There's lessons there from everywhere in the gamut. And so a lot of those great stories, along with sort of the story of my own uh, companies, um, is uh, in a book called The Power of Company Culture. It's out in Audible, Kindle, and the uh, regular traditional format. So if you're interested, check that out on pick up on Amazon or Bull or wherever you buy books around the world. Talent Talk is live every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, But most of you, as we sort of mentioned at the beginning of the show here, get us on the podcast, right? You subscribe to iTunes, thank you. Or maybe you listen on iHeart, you can subscribe there as well. Maybe you're on Stitcher or some other platform. So many areas to find us, but we really appreciate anyone who's subscribing. And remember to come back and, and check us out as we have two new people just about every single week. So um, if you have questions, we love to keep the conversation going and help our audience be a part of the conversation. And we do that on Twitter. So my producer, Mike, in case you can't listen or in case you're too busy to write down some of the best little one-liners, he does live tweet uh, every single show. So thank you to Mike for doing that. And you can go in there and look under at peopleg2, hashtag talent talk, and you can see those little one-liners. You can like them. You can comment on them. You can argue with us about it. You can make guest suggestions, whatever you like. But that's sort of our way to, to interact with everyone on that platform. So um, let's go ahead and talk about today's guest. Uh, my guest today on this show will be Regina uh, Romeo, the director of HR for CPS HR Consulting, and then uh, Vinjay Johar, CEO of Archill Inc. Uh, Vinjay will be uh, joining me the second half of the show after we take a little commercial break. But let's go ahead and get today's show started. Let's bring in Regina Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. 
Absolutely. Well, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? You know, what's important for us to know about you, uh, your role right now, and of course, what your company uh, is specifically targeted at, at doing at uh, CPS HR Consulting. Sure. Well, I'll start by giving you a little background on what our organization does. Um, we are based in Sacramento, but we provide HR services nationwide to other public agencies and nonprofit organizations organizations. Um, we focus on a lot of organizational strategy, workforce planning, succession planning, and also offer other services, um, testing, recruitment and selection, training and development, and any type of on-site HR work that you might need. So just a wide variety of HR services. Um, for me, I've been in HR for a little over 20 years. It always sounds like so much when you say it out loud. Um, I started at entry level and kind of worked my way through and I'm a director at this point. And I'm responsible for our 100 employees, a little over 100 employees, and also our contingent workforce. So I provide our in-house HR services as well as work with other clients around the country that need um, any type of service provision. Um, in addition to what I call my job job, which is my, my day job, I also work as an expert witness in employment law cases, and I also host a podcast called Office Politics Radio. Well, geez, we've got a lot to talk about because it sounds like you have right. a lot to say, and I'm sure a lot of expertise in, in the area of HR and leadership and what good companies are doing and probably what companies that are struggling are doing, right? Um, we can kind of dive into some of that, I'm sure. But I know you spent your entire career in HR from an entry-level person now to director and an expert, a witness. Uh, you know, that, that, that's really kind of a cool thing to be to brought into. And also in organizational development and training. So having worked in HR for so long, what, what sort of drives you today to stay in that? What's sort of your focus and your passion that keeps you there? Um, I think that that's really it is the passion that I have for it. Um, Human resources has changed so much over the course of my career. I think when people think of traditional HR, it's more transactional. Like you would see me three times when you got hired, when there was open enrollment, and then when you were leaving, and then that's it. So the scope of what I do has expanded so much over the years, and it's always so different. Whether it's changes in the work environment, changes in legislation, it just really keeps me interested in what's going on around me. So I'm very passionate about learning new things. Even though I've been in this field for several years, there's always something new to learn and also teaching some of the things that I picked up along the way for best business practices to help other people or organizations that are going through similar situations. Right. Well, having, you know, worked with both public and private companies and uh, you know, as a consultant, what, what are some of the unique challenges that you're seeing that are, you know, companies and, and agencies and uh, different organizations are really facing today? You know, what's sort of the, the current rub that you're seeing, um, especially being, you know, there in Sacramento, home of uh, probably a lot of the things that uh, get, get added or, or deleted from our, from our legislator? And, and, you know, are, are these things sort of general? Do you seeing them from every company? Are there maybe specific by, you know, uh, a type? But what, what are you sort of seeing right now in that marketplace? I would say that everybody's public or private, is dealing with the need for talent, you know. So I think historically the workplace has changed so much. Historically it used to be, okay, get a job, come in, we'll work here for 25 years, you get, you get to go walk in a pension, and then that's it. And what we see in today's work environment is that the worker has changed so much. So the expectation from the of the organization that they're working for has changed so much. So we have to offer competitive benefits. 
We have to have a good work environment for our employees to come into. And we also have to not advertise something that we're not. So you don't want to say, hey, this is a great place to work and you'll have opportunities for growth and all this other stuff and then really not deliver on that. So the match between what entices someone to come and apply at your organization and what they actually receive once they get there is what everybody struggles with is the recruitment and the retention side. So organizations need to be mindful of what's going on in their organizational culture, um, employee engagement, what they're doing as far as workforce planning is concerned, and a whole wide range of things that maybe not it may not be things that we we thought about over the years. It's just kind of like, oh, once they come in, you know, they're fine. We'll pay them, and then they'll go home, and then that's it. But it's become a lot more than that. Right, right, and and certainly that uh, maybe we might call it a drought on talent right now uh, is certainly something we're seeing across the board as well uh, in our you know with what we do. Um, you know, you mentioned that HR has changed over time. Uh, I imagine particularly in large organizations. Uh, what do you attribute, you know, some of that change to and why? I mean, is it good change? Is it just change because of outside forces? Or where is that really coming from? I think it's probably a mix of things that are going on internally within organizations. Um, again, the talent drought and also not knowing how to navigate some of that. So it used to be that you could just open up a job offering or a job posting and you get 100 applicants and you got to pick which one was the best one and that person would come work for you. That's not really the case anymore. You have to be a little more vigilant and a little more diligent in your recruitment strategy. Where are you sourcing your candidates from? Um, what type of reputation do you have, especially in this age of social media where everybody's going to research you and Google you before they even put in their application. What information are you putting out there about your organization? And is that something that people want to be a part of? So a lot of what I do as an HR person has changed considerably because everything that I do, you can trace it back to a beginning somewhere. So if I don't have a good recruitment, if I'm not being mindful about my brand out in the market, if I'm not making sure that my employees are taken care of when they get here, all of that plays into how well we perform, how well we're received and perceived by the public, because social media is, again, so integral to everything that we do. We source a lot of our candidates that way. So we want to make sure that we're kind of kind of ahead of the game, maintaining a good reputation out there, and that's something that I always work with our clients to do to make sure that they're putting their best foot forward, I, I guess you could say, to attract really good candidates. Yeah, and, you know, that's uh, certainly on target and in line with what we've been seeing. And, uh, you know, and to kind of, uh, I guess, you know, jump from that, then, you know, if people are having a hard time uh, keeping, I guess, their people or doing the right things with them, then they start to look, you know, they start to maybe scramble or they're not uh, doing the things they should be doing, and then they end up getting maybe sued or getting in trouble. And that's another part of, of what you mentioned is your uh, in your work, and that is being an expert witness in employment cases, which is kind of a really interesting uh, thing that I'm not sure we've ever had anybody on the show that, that does that on a regular basis. Um, what types of cases are you typically called upon to provide testimony in? Um, labor cases take on a lot of different claims. So 
I've been an expert witness probably on around 100 state and federal cases, and I'm usually called upon for any type of Title VII violation or any um, state claim that they might bring. And I've mostly handled, I would say I kind of focus in certain different areas, um, disability discrimination, um, pregnancy disability discrimination, FMLA, ADA, and some of the other things that happen to you at work that are on what I call the people side of HR versus like a wage and hour claim or a misclassification type of a claim. I don't usually handle those. And those usually get resolved before they get to um, a lawsuit. So it's interesting when I tell people that I'm an expert witness, I get that exact reaction where they're like, well, what does that mean? So I think there's the perception of what you see on TV where people um, just kind of show up and they get asked questions in a trial and then that's it, you know, and then the other side brings in their expert. It's a lot of research that you have to do before the trial actually starts. So I do a lot of research with the discovery, um, read all the depositions, the claims, the amended claims, talk to the attorney, and kind of come up with my opinion. In human resources, there's a lot of statutes, there's a lot of legislation and regulation. So I see how close the employer or the employer came to being compliant or if they were way off base with whatever it was they did. And it's easy to kind of make that determination. And then the more difficult parts are when you have situations where the employer may have a little more discretion and how they exercise that discretion if it was still within their rights to do that without violating the rights of someone else. So it's kind of a mixed bag of things. Um, I do both plaintiff and defense work, so I kind of see things from all sides, and it's, it's, it's definitely been interesting. <laughs> yeah, and, um, you know, it's, uh, I imagine there are probably some small, there might be some certain things that you probably would say, you know, companies should watch out for that you see on a regular basis, but, you know, there may mm -hmm. also be, I imagine that it's different each time, like you said, there's different statutes, there's different things happening, and it's a, somewhat of a gray, for as, for as complex as the labor law is in California, it's quite a bit of gray area to what the intent was, how the employer handles it, uh, mm -hmm. and then I guess ultimately how a judge or jury uh, would decide and how they see the case, right? Yes, absolutely. And the thing to keep in mind is, I can say for every expert witness case that I've handled, I can track it back to where things started to go off the rails, basically. So some of the decision-making or some of the things that came out of what may not have even been ill intentions kind of ballooned and snowballed into something, and then we end up in court. So my best advice for employees and for employers is to know to what extent you can do something and then always involve your HR person if you feel like something is going to become more of a complaint. You're dealing with some of the regulatory agencies, um, the EEOC, the DFE, I'm sorry, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission or the Department of Fair Employment and Housing or Department of Labor, make sure that you're including your in-house or outside counsel because they're going to give you the best legal advice. There's a fine line where you stop being the HR person who is able to consult and give information on what that workplace situation might be before it becomes a legal issue. So there's a certain limit, I, I would say, to what you want to consider doing in-house before you involve counsel, but I always like to just, let me just run this by our outside counsel just to get a better idea of if we're on the right path with what we want to do. So even if you end up doing what you plan to do initially, at least you have, you, you can have a, another level of comfort with it. Right. 
Well, and another thing that you do if you're not busy enough is hosting a podcast, uh, the Office yeah. Politics Radio uh, podcast. And I'm sure the title might say it all, but what are some of the areas that you focus on uh, on your podcast? I focus on a little bit of everything. It really depends on what my listeners are curious about or they want to know about. I actually did an entire episode on my expert witness work that I've done. And again, HR is so broad these days. Um, I've done episodes on succession planning, um, returning to work after a long break, um, rethinking your retirement. And it's interesting because my most listened to episode is about workplace bullying. And I think that kind of goes back to what I was talking about before in terms of the the work environment and and the culture of an organization and basically how we treat each other. If it's a harassment-free environment, if it's, you know, maybe not no stress, but at least a low stress environment where people can come to work, you know, do their work and go home and just be comfortable. So anything that um, a listener is curious about, they'll email me and then I'll try to craft some responses and then do a show about it. Right, right. Well, it sounds great, and I'm sure our guests would like to check it out. Um, and then, you know, I'm just sort of curious, too, as a speaker, as a fellow speaker, what are, what are some of the th- topics that you're passionate about right now that you're kind of focusing on, you know, when you go to conferences or events and are asked to speak? Um, I just did a speaking engagement in Scottsdale about a month ago, and it was about do I have a problem employee or do I have an employee with a problem? And what that is, is really being able to analyze different situations in the workplace. A lot of what we deal with at work, it it can be very emotional. You can become very excited and and, want to make a decision right now. And, you know, this just happened and we have to, you know, fix it right now. I always advise, you know, take a beat, whatever the situation is, whether somebody's coming in and they're telling you that they're leaving or they're asking for an accommodation or they need a leave of absence or whatever. I always say that it's HR, not ER. So we don't have to rush to make a decision in most cases. You'll have your urgent matters, but those are usually taken care of. Those are, you know, kind of an anomaly. But day to day, just pace yourself. You know, think about what the outcome will be if you take certain actions and how you get from A to B to C to, you know, a potential lawsuit or anything like that and what your intentions are. So even if you do something with good intentions and it kind of becomes something else and there's a complaint or there's a lawsuit, at least you can fall back and say, well, this is why we made that decision. So depending on my audience when I'm speaking, if they're HR professionals or their supervisors and managers or their executives, I kind of tailor what level of depth we need to go into and what they'll see at their level. And if it's a new person, I want them to leave with something fresh that they can put in their toolkit. If it's a more seasoned HR professional or somebody who's been in management for several years, I want them to maybe leave with thinking about a different perspective on how they do things. So somebody, so when, when people come and they listen to me speak, I want everybody to walk away with something. Right. And you've mentioned a couple of times sort of this role of emotions. And I recently began reading a book called No Hard Feelings, The Secret Power of Embracing Emotions at Work. And I think sort of that's a really important thing to do is to talk about these emotions, to deal with them and not to pretend that we're all just supposed to check those at the door and be, you know, little robots for eight hours um, a day. Um, and, and, and I think a lot of the, the, the things that we, you know, everything from your expert testimony work to your consulting work, I mean, all that stuff would just be a lot easier if I think people dealt with those a lot better. 
Is there a book that you're reading right now that uh, you might share with us? Um, I have put a couple books on my on my summer reading list. Um, Marcus Buckingham just came out with another book called Nine Lies About Work. So I ordered that, and I'm going to read it. I've read all of his other books. He's behind, like, Strength, Strength Finder and a few other management books. And I like his style in a sense that he kind of marries the anecdotal-type experience with analytics. So there's a lot of statistical research that he does and surveys and things like that. But it also doesn't get too far away from the element of, okay, this, this is a great statistic, this is a great study, but this, this might also happen also. So I've always enjoyed his writing style. Um, I also am going to read Bad Blood, which is kind of, you know, the, the, the book about the Theranos scandal. Um, it, I think it's subtitled um, Secrets and Lies or something like that in Silicon Valley. So I love a good scandal, right. so I'll be reading that as well. Well, that sounds like a good little, uh, got a good list going. Um, And, uh, you know, certainly we enjoy learning more about the the books and things that our guests are interested in. It gives everyone, I think, on our end, a a really good good ideas on which ones we should be checking out next. I had no idea he had written another book. So that's certainly why we asked that question. We can always find out good stuff. So, um, you know, the other thing we love to ask our guests is, you know, you've taken a very particular um, route, you have a, a passion with your work and an HR and everything that you're doing. And I wonder, was there someone, uh, you know, somewhere along the line? You may have been a kid, you may have been in college, you may have been, you know, somewhere in your career that sort of tipped you that way, that caused you to 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 maybe go down the path that you went. And 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 if so, why was that? Um, I think professionally, I've had a lot of good mentors in my life. Um, I've seen what good management really looks like. I've seen what not so good management looks like as well. But I've always been very interested in the law, and I've always been someone who wants to help other people and to volunteer. And I think that comes from my mom. So my mom will take anybody in. You know, she if you were hungry, she's going to feed you. If, she, if you need a ride somewhere, she's going to drive you. And just being a resource for people. And so when I started to work professionally, human resources is like that perfect marriage of the law that, that I love and also being able to be a resource for people. So it's kind of in line with, I guess, what I've done my whole life, going back to being a Girl Scout or even, you know, studying criminal justice in my undergrad and things like that. So it's the perfect blend of everything that I feel I'm good at and that I can I can give back to my workplace and have met some really great people who have helped me and encouraged me along the way. But I would say most definitely the biggest influence is my mom. Well, that's a great answer and um, not surprising. We've had a lot of that as, uh, you know, par- parents or grandparent or a first boss. I mean, it seems to have such a huge impact for people, especially those in leadership roles and those roles that really impact us you know, on a human level. So our human resources, yeah. our chief people officers, are kind of making a big difference to leadership and culture. So. Absolutely. Um, well, and not to leave impo- my dad out because he's, 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 you know, he's, he's passed, but he taught me a lot of very good. Um, I would say when, when I think of uh, things from a mechanical standpoint, when I have to take things right. apart and do some problem solving, definitely for my dad. Well, uh, the last and important question is, is how can people get a hold of you if they're interested in finding out more about you, hiring you as a speaker or consultant? Maybe they need help with their next case, whatever that may be. Uh, they want to check out your podcast. What's all the ways for them to find you? 
I am very easy to find. So you can go to cpshr.us. That is our CPSHR consulting website. It has a full explanation of all of our services, um, ways to contact us if you would like to have the consultation. And we can put a proposal together for you, talk about what your organizational issues might be, and go from there if you need other services. Um, OfficePoliticsRadio.com is my website for my podcast, and we'll be launching season two in the next month or so. Um, in the meantime, all of my old episodes are there for a download, and you can listen. And then if you need anything else as far as being an expert witness or any other consulting services, you can reach me at Regina at OfficePoliticsRadio.com. Well, fantastic, Regina. Thank you so much for sharing your insights into leadership and all the work that you're doing. Um, hopefully, our listeners could, got something they can take back to use in their own uh, work and their lives. Um, that was a value to them. And uh, I look forward to having you back on the uh, show at some point to give us an update on how you're doing and uh, all the cool stuff that you're sure. doing. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. Thank you so much. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break, and we'll bring in uh, Vinay Jahar. Imagine buying a newspaper and discovering that the news you're reading is six months old. There isn't much that stays the same for six months. And the same thing goes for background checks. In a time when so much outdated information is being passed around, it's good to know that People G2 offers something different. At People G2, we provide today's intelligence, not yesterday's news. Our value-added approach offers you a fully FCRA-compliant solution that includes up-to-the-minute information. By combining industry-leading technology with old-school human investigation, People G2 is able to give you information that is accurate right now, delivered quickly through our online system or integrated with your HR system. So ask yourself, are you comfortable working with old news or are you ready for a different kind of background check company? Visit PeopleG2.com or call 800-630-2880. That's 800-630-2880 or PeopleG2.com. Hey, welcome back to the Town Talk Radio Show. Uh, if you missed my last guest, uh, Regina Romeo, uh, you can catch out catch this entire show to be posted up on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcast, TownTalkRadio.com, even where you, you can even uh, subscribe there to get the shows sent to you. So, um, if you missed her episode, uh, her interview, we certainly love to have you check that out in a few weeks once we have it edited and posted back up there. Uh, don't forget, you can uh, interact with my next guest. Uh, Vinay Jahar uh, on Twitter at PeopleG2. Use that hashtag Talent Talk. We will be live tweeting and we would love to get your comments and feedback um, whatever we talked about here today. But um, as I mentioned, uh, he is the CEO of R uh, Chile and we're going to find out more about what that is. Um, and uh, let's go ahead and bring him in the show. Uh, Vinay, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris. Thank you very much. How are you doing, man? It's, a, it's a good to talk to you and your audience. Well, fantastic. Well, why don't you tell me more about you? I want to. Hopefully, I've said your name correctly. Uh, you that now is the time to correct me if I haven't. And uh, and tell us more about your company and what you're doing. One thing you absolutely correct in my pronouncing my name. Fantastic. So about me, uh, uh, like as you said, Archily. So Archily is a, a technology company. What we have right now, and uh, selling to almost 32 countries globally. And right from Fortune customers to startup, we, we serve to all. 
but uh, that's that, that's my like today what you see but my journey started way back uh, 2004 as my first serial entrepreneur my, my first startup which failed i uh, gone back to the b school got a knowledge why we failed came back and uh, start uh, fixing all the pieces and uh, my education my network my ecosystem this all contributed what we are today so in short so, coming from india going to states now going global that that that's what the journey what we have so far so what are some of the offerings that maybe people might want to be uh, let's kind of especially in the hr tech industry right what is our chili doing uh there and what should what should we kind of understand nor or be looking for from your company love it so uh, in hr tech space uh, we identified ourselves as a niche provider uh, as a ai powered plugins so we can do parsing matching and enrichment for any of these crm applications and uh, normally like agencies consume us they use us via apis so we become an integral part of the any crm offering or we have our own direct integrations uh, with the almost around 4000 plus crm applications and uh, that that's how we do so we can extract the data from your resumes or a job we can match against each other and then also we enrich your data from social media or any uh, any assessment sites what we have uh, for any candidate enrichment or co- company's data sets enrichment that's what we do So for maybe anyone out there who's not a a big techie that isn't quite understanding what's what's a, an average use case what is something that the average you know company is coming to you and asking you to do with all that data and parsing and everything that you have uh let's take a very basic example uh, if you go to any website any candidate goes to website he wants to apply over there one option is we show him a complete form where he fill us fill us up uh, all this data or you can use our technology he just upload a document which is his resume and the system will prefill all the data set in your form almost 80 plus fields that's a very basic use case you can think of advanced use case as a recruiter uh, you just post up a job and uh, what if i show you all the five top matching with all the criterias you can think of without even writing those criterias and uh, when you see a candidate you are also seeing what he is doing on linkedin on github on twitter on instagram what exactly this candidate is doing over there we consolidated all that information for recruiter and show him that's the simplistic use case you can think of well that's that's really fascinating and i think it might be certainly a, a, of interest and uh, very valuable for uh, different types of clients um you mentioned early on that you started something and it didn't work out you went back got some some training and education and came back and so what it inspired you then to focus here uh, you know in sort of a niche business inside of this industry that's an interesting question <laughs> you are going to take my secrets right <laughs> uh uh it's it's almost uh, 10 years back uh, when we were figuring it out what to start new and uh, we seen that this piece of technology was considered as a luxury only few selected companies were able to use it because it is priced at almost 100,000 150,000 or even quarter million a year so we seen a, there's a there's a demand in a market but people cannot afford paying 150,000 a year so can we scale it down technology in such a like in a vast market space we have 
Second, we figured out there's almost a large market, almost 1.6 billion applications happens in a year, right? That, that's the big market, what we are talking about. So we figured out the market space, we figured out that stuff, and we want to be part of this game changer or like creating a disruption in this space. And we were the first one to offer a cloud offering uh, to scale the cost down, to let the user use what he wants to use. We cannot force him to use a larger volumes. And that was a disruption. And sitting today, yes, that, that's what inspired me, that we are able to create a disruption in the market. We are able to lead the market in a way uh, we can take a luxury technology to the masses. And that's how we, I, when I said it's 32 countries, we are selling. And yes, that, that, that's the masses what we're talking about. Well, that's uh, really fantastic. I mean, that's really the entrepreneurial, you know, I think, uh, uh, holy land, right? Which is you really got to figure out where there is a place you can play in, but that there's a particular need where you can make a real difference. And sometimes exactly. we don't, you know, sometimes the best ideas are not coming up with a brand new invention. It's just figuring out where is there a need or a niche where we can go in and, and do some good and help people out and 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 provide a solution that they really want um, as opposed to creating something and having to convince everyone that they should should want to buy this thing um, and i see so many successful companies i think take the road that you took and so many that fail that took a different route that were maybe just trying to force some idea or something on people or just didn't even really evaluate what the real need in the marketplace was so since your work with many HR tech providers is in the recruitment space, um, mm -hmm. what, what's your take on, you know, on the HR tech industry right now? You know, what, 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 sort of, what are you sort of seeing in the industry? Are you seeing a certain up-and-coming up players or disruptors? You know, what's sort of on your mind as, you know, in 2019 inside of the HR tech industry? Uh, HR tech industry itself is a, is a very inclusive and very vast, both, uh, I must say. What, what we have seen in last couple of years and the way it is heading towards 2019 and 2020 is more automation and is the consolidation. Uh, I, I remember like uh, almost five years back, I was uh, giving a keynote speaking where we talked that uh, the recruitment cycle, which is 45 days as of now, slowly it will get to one day. Like you morning you post a job and by the evening you should be able to hire a candidate. So that, that's the whole industry's automation, AI is going to work. And uh, in my journey, I have seen very good examples. I must take uh, uh, Phenom people. Uh, they started with a candidate experience and then recruiter experience. Today, they are a platform where they offer multiple consolidated services. Same example is great people. They, they are building a very strong platform. Jazz HR, Alio, smart recruiters recently raised $50 million. So it, industry is very disruptive, not only in U.S. Uh, if I talk about uh, Singapore side, Impress is another company. They build up a chatbot for recruiters and candidates in such a way that it shortens your whole interview cycle and pre-screening time. So industry is creating AIs. It is all automation. It is all consolidation. People are joining hands. And uh, only thing is, yes, let, let us let us give a, a best to this industry what is available. 
Yeah, and that's really uh, kind of sounds like that leads into my next question. Um, yeah, I could kind of hear the the passion in your voice about these different types of things that are going on. And so, you know, what's really at the core? What motivates you to do this work? Um, where do you sort of find your passion? It's exactly the same, like as I shared, uh, uh, like few years back when I was talking that uh, this recruitment cycle from 45 to one days we need to get it, and. I feel that when I when I work with all these players across the globe and all this innovation happening and we are an integral part of that, that really gives me a goosebumps. That, okay, yes, we are bringing a change. And uh, whenever you're traveling and you meet some guy, and uh, especially in a fortune company, and they tell that, oh, man, we are using some very good AI technology. It has made my life easier. And I smile that, wow, I'm a part of this whole game. And even if he doesn't know, that's okay but we are part of this whole game. So that is what excites me. That, that, is, that is my, uh, which keeps me alive a day or wake me for a whole night that, yes, I have to be disruptor, right? And we are going to shrink on this whole hiring cycle, what is going on, and we'll be key player in this. Yeah, and that's, uh, I think it's important. It's another entrepreneurial lesson, right? That people need to really understand what makes them passionate about what they're doing and, and to keep chasing those types of things. Uh, it makes such a huge difference in, you know, energy and making sure you're able to, to, to keep up and to find those those profitable next things that you want to do. You know, what are you seeing sort of any other trends in the marketplace, maybe around hiring? I mean, certainly we, the last guest talked about what a lot of our guests have been talking about, which is a lack of talent in the pool, right? There's such high uh, employment rates that finding talent has become harder and harder. Are you seeing that in what you're doing? Or are you seeing other sorts of trends that you're you're uh, tracking? I agree somewhat in their, their level. Uh, that yes, there's a lot, like people, uh, there's more job opening and people are looking for more candidate. But as as an industry, we have to understand that we are moving from millennials to Gen Z, right? Now these guys doesn't work the way uh, even my generation works. So they don't, they really hate putting up data. He says, I given you my email ID, you figure it out. Who am I, right? They have you have to do it because they they are not interested to give it anything. So we feel that a few players who are doing a wonderful job, uh, they build it up uh, using AI and uh, all this uh, data enrichment services, or we call it holistic enrichment data sets for the candidates, which can create a disruption in this recruitment space. They are transparent, like the Gen Z, what they need, transparency, unbiased. They, they, they don't want to be uh, bounded with the normal process of skills matching. They are talking more about find me as an individual first. Then we talk about skills. That is what is happening. And, and yes, I do uh, meet a lot of candidates, a lot of students, and uh, they also struggle with the same way. There's no right job opening for me. And corporate says there's no right candidate for me. And somebody has to bridge this gap that uh, both says there's not available or both are available. That, that is what my take and trends. So AI is going to play a key role and data enrichment is going to play a key role so that uh, we can reduce the data entry from the candidate or a recruiter side, and you can close the things faster. Well, and so you've, you've kind of given us this great layout about what's happening in this space and what are some of the things we can do to hire better and to, to think about bringing people on better. So what are some of the things that you do at your company to hire new employees? So we say it is uh, uh, candidate hiring or any new person 
bringing it on board. I'm a firm believer, and uh, it reflects in all everybody works with actually. There's a three levels of hiring. So one we say is we always search a person on a technical skills. I'm looking for a project major in Java or something like that. You can always search for that. But when you interview, you actually interview for the soft skills. Oh, he has a communication skills. He has a leadership skills. He has all that stuff. And but when you are finally signing up, bringing him onboarding, that is called cultural match. It is skills, soft skills, and a culture or a behavior. So what we do is we skill matching is can be done in a one call, right? But soft skills and cultural matching, we spend time with that candidate. We invite him for a coffee in our office or for a lunch. We four or five people spend a time with him, and if that fitment is there, believe me, that's that's why. Archily has the lowest number of attrition. People stays with long run, and they work like a leader with us. That's the biggest uh, process what we used. Apart from only skills matching and interview, we also spend time with the candidate to know his behavior, his culture, and show him what we are as we are, and then we onboard him. Well, and that sounds I, uh, certainly something that other companies should think about doing. They should think about incorporating, uh, at least digesting what you're doing and to see if that's something that, you know, can really help them in their process. I think we're all looking for better ways to bring on our people. We want to keep them. We, once we found them, especially in this market, we want to keep them and, and have them be happy. Um, can you share a little bit more about the culture of your organization and the overall vision of how, you know, um, once I guess you bring them in, how do they actually fit into that culture? Sure. So one, uh, uh, we build it up uh, a culture from a day one is called flat organization. That's what Gen Z work with. You don't have assigned seats. You don't have anything. You have your own laptop. Sit wherever you want. And not only this, we, we, that's, that's, I think now it is available everywhere in Silicon Valley, but we empower them to take local decisions. Not only local decisions they take, they take risks. They, are, they, they try new things and they fail. And we agree that they're, they're going to fail. That's okay. One failure, two failure, third failure, they come up like a leader. And that is what we needed. So that whole ecosystem is built that you can take your local decisions. You can take a risk. It's okay to get failed. And it's okay that it's best you don't know anything. Let us go out and get start learning about it. And that builds up the whole ecosystem that everybody is focused, everybody is determined, everybody is learning and uh, everybody grows along with us well and that's all we want right we want our people to be happy and to grow and to be a part of the the culture so uh it sounds like you're a smart guy you have a lot of things uh that we, certainly i'm gonna i've written down and i've enjoyed hearing from you uh maybe uh books or, or or reading is a part of where how you stay fresh is there a book that you're reading right now or one that you typically suggest people check out yeah i i must say like i'm the grunt the, currently, I'm reading uh, the book called Top Grading. I'm sure everybody knows Dr. Bradford, who given this concept of ABC recruiting or player A, player B, player C recruiting. So he has recently released a third edition, and that's what I'm reading right now. And this uh, gives me another kick shot and uh, ideas about uh, how I can upscale my product that uh, if I'm processing any, any, any candidate, can I figure it out whether it's A class or B class uh, based on his network, writing style, or what sort of social media he's doing? But that, that's a book I'm literally like, I love it. I started it at almost the midway right now. It is uh, Top Grading by Dr. Bradford. I'm, he's a famous personality in HR tech world. 
And it is a fantastic book. Um, certainly, I know a, a lot of great leaders that I've talked to and people we've had on the show have mentioned that book. So if you haven't read it, it's worth going and grabbing it. Yeah. Uh, if you can't afford it, go to the library. It's probably going to be there. It's a it's a standard. It's it's a great one. So uh, get out there and read that. It's a it's a great book. Well, um, you know, how can people get a hold of you if they're interested in learning more about you, uh, finding out more about what you do, or 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 hiring your company to help them? Oh, it's it's a pretty simple. I'm, I'm go to Google, search for Vinay Johar, and you'll find me there. And if you still want to write me an email, it is very simple. It is v at rchili.com. That's it. Drop me an email and uh, I will be there talking to you. And I love anyone, talking. And if anyone needs a little bit of help, uh, it's V-I-N-A-Y and last name is yeah. J-O-H-A-R. And, yeah. and your uh, a company is rchili, but that's R-C-H-I-L-L-I. So just in case you're driving or didn't quite catch that, want to make sure you can find him, check him out. But uh, uh, Vinay, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. And thanks to everybody who's listening. Thanks, everyone, for showing up for today's show. Hopefully you've gained something you can use in your own career in a positive way. Next week, my two guests will include uh, John uh, Hoffer, the president at Milestone Risk Management and Insurance Services, and Janelle Mitchell, CHRO of uh, Concerto Health. So until then, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today. You've been listening to Talent Talk Radio, brought to you by People G2.